0: Hello everyone, welcome. I am Denise Elio, President and CEO of Colleges and Institutes Canada, the country's largest post-secondary education network. CICAN, as we call ourselves for short, advocates, builds uh, capacity, and drives knowledge to strengthen Canada's publicly supported colleges, institutes, and Polytechnics. Today's special edition podcast is dedicated to celebrating Canadian Innovation Week. And this week-long celebration, powered by the Rideau Hall Foundation, recognizes and supports ingenuity across Canada. Colleges and institutes play a vital role in promoting and advancing innovation. With over 95% of Canadians living within 50 kilometers of one of our many locations, in fact, 700 of those, we are Canada's most accessible research and innovation hubs. And we are very proud of it. We create spaces for learners to collaborate with experts and businesses to develop timely, practical solutions to real-world challenges. And today, we're excited to speak about the unique value of applied research within colleges and institutes and share some inspiring stories of innovation that are making lasting changes and creating better futures for people, communities, and the planet. So joining me today is Jeff Taylor, Associate Vice President of Applied Research, Innovation and International at Nova Scotia Community College, and Debbie Mickey dimsic Dean of Research Service, Innovations and Entrepreneurship at Durham College. And I want to acknowledge that I'm sitting currently on the unceded territory of the uh, Anishinaabe Algonquin people. So welcome to you both, uh, Jeff and Debbie. But before we dive into our discussions, I'd like to set the context by sharing some data from CI 2021-22 survey unapplied research, which will be made public on our website tomorrow. So the new survey, which includes data from over 70% of CI CAN's members, examines colleges and institutes' applied research activity from 2021-2022. So together, members reported over 8,800 annual research partnerships, most of them with small and medium-sized businesses. And those partnerships, the 8,800, they led to over 8,000 applied research projects and ensured the development of over 6,000 400 new products, new processes, new prototypes, or new services. And 80% of all of those were completed in less than one year. So even during the pandemic, or perhaps in part fueled by it, we saw growth almost across the board. In fact, the most significant growth since our last survey was the number of projects, which is up 25 percent, along with a 16 percent increase in the number of outputs. So those are the services, the new products, the prototypes that I mentioned earlier. So equally as impressive is the number of projects focused on green initiatives, which grew exponentially accounting for 15% of all projects. So these numbers show us the value of college and institute applied research in Canada's innovation ecosystem. And we are not the only ones who recognize this because this year's federal budget acknowledged the incredible contributions of our members with a $108.6 million of dollars, which is an investment specific in college and institute applied research through the existing college and community innovation program. And this was the only research money Uh, mentioned in the budget. So now let's talk about what do we mean by Canadian innovations with our uh, two uh, speakers here, both Debbie and Jeff. So let's start by you, Debbie. Um, Let's start with the basics. So what do we mean by applied research and how does it look like within your role and institutions?
1: Thank you so much Denise for having me here today and I'd like to first acknowledge that I'm speaking from Oshawa, Ontario, which is uh, on the traditional lands of the First Peoples of the Mississaugas of Skouaga Island First Nation. These lands are covered under the Williams Treaties and rest within the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg. Um so applied research, what is applied research? It, it is problem solving. We work with organizations, including private sector companies, small, large. We work with community organizations, not-for-profit government organizations to address a challenge that they're facing. And we do that by leveraging the talent of our faculty and our researchers and our students. We leverage our equipment, our infrastructure, our space, and our access to government funding. From there, we form a project team for each client that we're working with we build a project work plan and then we execute that work plan with the partner contributing along the way usually with in-kind hours uh, attending meetings and planning sessions and a small cash contribution most of our projects are finished within 6 months and Really importantly, they're expected to lead to practical outcomes and you know, we're not doing research for the sake of research. We're developing, as you said, new products, processes, services. Um, we're creating impacts for the economy, for the environment, creating efficiencies, health outcomes. So at Durham College, we've been doing applied research since about 2009 when we joined what was uh, then called the Colleges Ontario Network for Industry Innovation, or CONI as we lovingly called it, which was a collection of Ontario colleges, uh, most of whom we were starting our journey with applied research. So we look ahead now in 2023, Durham College operates five research centers. We have our AI Hub, which is our longest standing, most mature center. We have the mixed Mixed Reality Capture Studio, Center for Cybersecurity Innovation, the Social Impact Hub, and the one everyone loves to talk about, the Centre for Craft Brewing Innovation. And yes, we actually do have a brewery on campus where we brew all kinds of wonderful beverages. Uh, so that's applied research at Durham College. We just recently moved into New Space, which consolidated most of our centres. Uh, and it's a really exciting time for applied research at Durham College.
0: This is uh, fantastic. And what I'm hearing, is that it's all about the development of innovative solutions to real-world challenge. So, what about you, Jeff? What would you say is applied research for Nova Scotia Community College?
2: Yeah, thanks, Denise. It's great to join you both today. So, I'm joining from my office in, in uh, Halifax, the north end of Halifax, from Nova Scotia Community College. We're actually located in Migmagi, the traditional. Ancestral homeland of the Mi'kmaq people where all of our 14 campuses, learning centers, 20 locations across the province are located. So we're really from one end of Nova Scotia to the next and really appreciate the past, present and future caretakers of this land of the Mi'kmaq people. So it is great to to be here. Um, we have a really nice setup here. and What you've said, I love the numbers you shared, Denise. And Debbie, you give a really nice overview of what applied research kind of is. at So really helpful and easy for me to answer. So I can go right in and talk about kind of the Nova Scotia context. I think about 24 years ago, a crew here at one of our, our rural campuses in the Annapolis Valley applied for funding from CFI. They were competing with all the universities back then and they got a million dollars to buy a LIDAR, so a piece of um, mapping equipment that they could fly on aircraft. And and that that began the journey here. They didn't even know what they didn't know at the time. And since then, we've had a chance to build up a fairly robust applied research system. And similar to, to Debbie and, and Durham College, we have a number of Kind of key sector areas where we have research strengths, I'll say. And geomatics, being that mapping one, where the lidar work still goes on uh, out of our Annapolis Valley campus. We also have strengths in environmental agricultural technology, engineered technologies, um, IT, uh, and, and, and related uh, programming. Um, We have a a clean energy research lab, and we have a technology access center focused on oceans technology, so all key priorities for Nova Scotia. And I would describe those research centers as almost like old school university labs. There's a research scientist in charge. They have a bunch of um, research associates, uh, students in there, industry partners, and they're all working toward solving problems in a key area, energy or geomatics, you name it. The second model of research that we're really trying to push, applied research, that we're trying to push in the last couple of years is very much the faculty-student-classroom based stuff. And, and the good news is there's a lot of great activity happening there all the time. So it's not like we have to push it. It's more just kind of supporting it. And we're really trying to promote a new earn-as-you-learn model where we ensure that students who are already doing great kind of work in their program and doing a neat work placement and working on industry problems, they're actually getting credit for the great applied research activity that they're doing. And we can we can find ways to fund that. So that's probably the future direction that we'll be pushing. You know, we'll continue, of course, to have deep activities in those key priority centers, but then trying to get more embedded in in every classroom, in every area, you know, I had a meeting last week, how can we do more work with the cosmetology program in Cape Breton? You know, like really looking to branch out into new areas where maybe traditionally we haven't been strong. So I'm really optimistic we're going to have a lot of fun in the next five years.
0: Fabulous. And if you you want a partner, I know of a partner in Quebec, in fact, doing research in that field. So I would be pleased to connect you with them.
2: We're going to broaden everyone's horizons to the Quebec's greatest cosmetology coming to Nova Scotia. There could be fashion uh, concerns here, I don't realize. (laughs)
0: Um, So what is very exciting in in both what you've said is, in fact, how I can well imagine with what you both described, how uh, applied research in Canada uh, means that colleges and institutes are becoming research partners of choice. So let's ask a question that often people are wondering. How does the research uh, conducted in colleges and institutes would differ from other research being carried out across uh, Canada? What's unique about our role in the innovation ecosystem? So I'll start by you, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I love this question, you know, because I spent um – you know, the most most of the early part of my career at universities, uh, and it's only in the last few years I came came to the college system. So I, I have a lot of familiarity with university research, you know, personally and, and exposure to it. And I'd like to think of it as a spectrum. You know, on one end of the spectrum you have fundamental curiosity-driven research, and at the other end of that spectrum you have commercial industry sales. You know, and, it, and it's a real broad spectrum from that curiosity all the way to making money off a product. And in the middle is applied research where colleges sit. So we can work with that uh, knowledge that comes from um, the, the university kind of great minds that we have all around Canada and try to bring it to bear for industry and community problems. And, you know, I like to joke, uh, a good friend of mine, when I was in grad school, he was one of the world's foremost experts on love poetry during the Crimean War. And man, that's a great fundamental research question. Tough to think about how that helps the economic challenges that Canada faces today. Not to belittle his work by any means, but we're we're looking at much more practical, tangible problems in uh in the college sector, and I think as far as Canada and the challenges that face the Canadian economy, Colleges are the place to be for solving those problems. And so I I really love where I am now. I really love working with the college applied research sector, and I find it so exciting because the impact that we can have with the work we do can really move the needle, you know, here in Nova Scotia for me, but really across Canada, uh, colleges can do some great work.
0: Absolutely. And what is interesting is how the research questions, in fact, are driven by the business and not so much by the faculty uh, themselves. And what also surprised everybody when we talked about applied research is the fact that the IP, the intellectual property, in fact stays with the business. Uh, Very often uh, people are surprised of that. So let's ask you, Debbie, for the next question. So how are students involved in applied research projects? Because Jeffrey alluded to students. And what do they gain from uh, these experiences?
1: Well, Denise, I'm going to answer that question in two ways. I'm going to start by sharing some numbers with you. In the last decade, Durham College uh, research assistants involved with our students involved with applied research, we trained in 955 students. In the next five years, we're projecting that we will train 1,500. So that's a lot of students that we're going to train through applied research. So, so what does that actually mean? Students are very much engaged in the research projects. So students are involved with the teams are a member of the team, they're communicating with their supervisors, with their colleagues, they're enhancing their communication skills, their coaching skills, their project management skills. They also have opportunities to present internally to the the company. We will invite them out to external events to present as well. So one of the things that, that warms my heart is seeing a student on day one of a project maybe a little bit nervous, maybe a little unsure of themselves. And then at the end of the project, they're out on a stage talking to economic developers or talking at a conference or at the World Congress that just happened recently. It's so exciting to me to see that growth in those individuals. While they're on the project, we also look at um, having their supervisor as a coach for them. So that coach is helping them with informal skills training, um, providing them with feedback. Um, We also do skills building workshops. So sometimes the skills that they need in a particular project, um, maybe they haven't got there in the curriculum, or maybe that skill is just so new and emerging that the curriculum has, hasn't quite covered it yet. So we'll do those skills building workshops. Um, and then we've, of course, got that mandatory training on research. You know, we, we see a number of students who decide to further their education when they leave Durham College because now they've got the research bug. And so we set them on that path for, for further research, which I find very, very exciting.
0: This is fantastic because in a way what they are doing, they are developing their professional identities and also their networks, because I'm assuming that a number of them get job offers from those companies.
1: Absolutely. And in in fact, sometimes we have to. Um manage that process that the company that they're doing research for is very eager to hire them. And and we we try to negotiate, let's finish the research project first and then you can hire them. Um, And then there's even some students when they graduate, we hang on to them a little bit longer. We have a role called a research associate, which is a role for a recent graduate where they're able to take on a leadership position within uh, a research project team so we hang on to them a little longer before they they dive into something more more permanent so
0: absolutely yesterday I was at Red River College in Winnipeg and in fact the, the three people that I've met were graduates of Red River College in one of the program in engineering technology and now they were doing research and one was the the, the prof of the other one and it was, it was very interesting. So Jeff, can you share any recent success, uh, stories or notable achievements from uh, the research projects being done at the NSCC?
2: It may be a fun one I'll mention. You know, I mentioned these very technical areas of work, but a really neat project we did a few years ago was with Barb Stegman she's um, a name that might be familiar to some people listening. She was on the dragon's den and made the dragons cry. I mean, she's a local Halifax entrepreneur. She owns a cosmetic company, perfume company called the seven virtues. And um, she spoke actually at a CICAN uh yeah. national event a, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very inspirational speaker. Lots of speaking, She's mm-hmm. written books, you know, she's quite a high demand entrepreneur. She came to us and said, listen, I'm launching my perfume line in a new chain of stores in the U.S. called Sephora USA. It's like a cosmetics company. I'm Mm -hmm. sure people have heard of it. And the way it works is if you post social media images of your product and the Sephora USA uh, account, social media account reposts or likes or regrams or whatever the, the platform might be, it translates to a ton of money in sales. So the, the problem presented was, can we create neat content, neat pictures, images, visuals of the products that will get the marketing attention of Sephora USA? So that was the challenge. And uh, we hired a really neat, diverse group, I think 15 students from many different programs, you know, marketing and PR, creative media, um, IT, all different areas. And they just generated a, fun, a lot of fun content. For, for Barb. She was very generous with her time. She met with the students multiple times, gave them free samples of products, you know, and was very kind. The students loved it. It was the greatest project they ever worked on. It really wasn't a lot of money at the end of the day. You know, it was it was a few part-time student positions and some, some props for photos. Um, at the end of that project, at the end of the, the kind of six weeks or whatever it was, they were not only re-grammed once, but twice by Sephora USA. So the industry partner was very pleased with the results. She, you know, writes some letters of reference. They're now putting on their curriculum vitae, how how they were able to be part of the marketing team for Barb Stegwin and Seven Virtues. And it's really win-win for everyone And a very simple kind of low cost project. So it's one that I'd like to celebrate as a neat story because it's not a million dollar piece of technical equipment that required experts to operate. It was actually a very creative and simple solution
0: absolutely i love it because it's also so different than the other types of of research and again it's very applied with a concrete yeah. results at the end what about uh, you debbie what would you say about uh, some of the neat uh, projects that you have been doing
1: Let me give you some highlights of of a couple of our projects um, that are are really exciting. There was a company that we worked with in the med tech space uh, where we developed an AI-based medication reminder and an app, and they spun that out as a new business, and now the company through another project is providing the very first virtual community care and acute clinic in Durham region that they are now further expanding out into the rest of Ontario. So it's exciting to be part of that. Another company that we're working with, we helped them to develop a model to identify patterns in electrocardiograms that predict atrial fibrillation and that has the potential to improve medical diagnoses and patient outcomes. Uh, Another company we worked with, it's an energy management company. We developed an AI powered energy audit tool to optimize building energy consumption. And they achieved 30% savings in business, b- building cooling, loading and energy consumption. And then their product went on to be awarded, uh, $50,000 in a, in a 5G, uh, development program. And, and I have to tell you about our, our brewing success story. It's a company that we started working with many years ago. They came to us, uh, they asked for us to help them to create a low alcohol beer. We did that. They went on Dragon's Dunn, won $500,000. They've won a World Beer Award, and they, they've canned well over a million cans of beer, and they're now sold in major grocery stores. So it's exciting to be part of all of these projects.
0: Absolutely. And you just reminded me also, there's a very cool one at the Cégep de Saint-Jérôme um, that was done with Lion Electric, and that's a company that they work with, um, with their Innovative Vehicle Institute. And what they did, they developed a new school bus with electric motorization, and that allowed that company, Lion Electric, to convert their 100% offerings in electric buses and trucks. So, you know, when we talked about contribution to uh, the fight against climate change, that's also a prime, a prime example. And what struck me in what you both said is the array of diversity of areas. In fact, there's no limit. To what can be developed uh, when you you think about it, uh, because we don't have time today in this podcast. But I remember a neonatal project uh, that was done at BCIT to know what was happening to the premature baby that were born, and then another one in the Quebec region about uh, an urn to put the 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 the, when a body is being incinerated, so they were putting the urns in it. And when you plant the urns, it's a tree that comes up. So it's pretty, pretty cool. And now it's sold in different parts of the world. So broad, broad uh, variety. So if I ask you, uh, Jeff, how do you measure the impact of applied research projects, both in terms of academic and real-world outcomes? Because we've started to talk about academics and the impact on students, but what would you say?
2: Yeah, you know, I used to really focus on very, what I would say, traditional metrics in this space, you know, number of dollars, number of fundraising dollars raised, number of projects, number of partners, number of students. But in the last few years, we've really developed a a more of a holistic scorecard approach, and we're trying to look um, not just at how we're serving the needs of, say, Nova Scotians across the province, so so maybe a community by community, project by project look, but also with an equity-seeking lens. You know, because there are many marginalized uh, communities and, and maybe underrepresented groups that don't always gain access to applied research solutions. So we've really layered on top of this ways that we can try to better serve those communities that might be seeking equity. Now, an example might be um, some of you may have seen a documentary that Elliot Page arranged called There's Something in the Water. It's about environmental racism in shellburn that's a fishing community in southwest nova scotia and really the african nova scotia community traditionally they had to live kind of on the edges of community near the dump and so their water got polluted and how do we help them with this kind of water crisis and so we've got a a grant award where we're down working with them and the the gist of the project is an engineering project they're looking at well water and how they can filter it but the impacts are very broad, very community-based. The community has said things like we can finally heal from the, the centuries of harm, and it, it really is measured far more than whether this engineering project kind of gets, gets successful. It's it's about the impact to community. So we've really spent time over the last few years changing how we measure success to bring this community impact perspective. It's quite qualitative, I would say. You know, you're looking more at, at, at reach and response, but um, very valuable from a, a story Telling and from a, a, a perspective of impact, I think.
0: Absolutely, and it, it, it allows you also to talk, as you said, about the real-world impact, but also probably about the relationships that have been built with those partners for other things that can serve the, their communities. So what about you, Debbie, anything else you want to add to this?
1: Well, I think much of understanding the impact involves mm-hmm. talking to the people that we serve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, colleges are very close to their communities. We have strong relationships with our local employers. Um, and so maintaining the, those communications as the project finishes, um, even, you know, formal things like surveys, interviews, um, collecting data tell, helps us to tell that story. Um, but success stories as well, getting the qualitative side, understanding the impact on the business and the people as well, and then getting those stories out and celebrating. Successes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember hearing about uh, uh, Shawinigan uh, Research Center, CNET, where uh, because of the work that they were doing in specific research, there's a company from France that came to establish themselves in the community of Shawinigan, creating hundreds of jobs which would not have gone there if there would not have been that uh, research uh, center. So I'd like to ask you for what advice uh, would you give to other colleges and institutes looking to develop or expand their applied research programs? So let's start by you, uh, Debbie.
1: I think the first thing is to understand what your community needs. Uh, really research your innovation needs and the gaps in your community so do that research talk to your economic development offices talk to your industry associations talk to your funders who cover this this area also understand what are the federal and provincial priorities and so by starting to build that that environmental scan that research Then you match that up with, well, what does your institution do best? What are our strengths in our academic programs? Where are the faculty researchers and and what are their interests? You know, talking to faculty, uh, holding consultation sessions across different groups within the institution, looking at the infrastructure that you have that can be made available for applied research. And then Match, match up. What does what your community need, and what have you got as a college to offer? So filling those gaps, um, knowing the funding environment in your jurisdiction, um, leveraging small projects, building track record is so important. And and colleges who make small initial investments in p- applied research can see tremendous returns on uh, on that invest investment. And and I would add talking to colleagues in other colleges who are running successful applied research initiatives is so important. Uh, Colleges are incredibly collaborative and we can learn a lot from each other. Um, And I have to say, attend the CICAN Leadership Institute for Applied Research. You were going to say that, weren't you, Jeff? (laughs) Because Jeff and I and our colleague Diane Burt from New Brunswick Community College are the faculty this year. It is a fantastic way to learn and to build your network.
0: Fabulous, I'm glad you you talk about it because indeed uh, I'm often hearing uh, presidents talking about uh, the people that went to that institute and how grateful they are for their learning that they got during that week. So thank you very much both Jeff and Debbie for joining us for this uh, discussions, uh, time flight (laughs) during uh, this uh, podcast. So for anyone interested in learning more about this work, we encourage you to visit our website, collegesandinstitutes.ca. Follow us across social media to hear more, in fact, about inspiring stories of innovation taking place across Canada's colleges and institute sector, located in 700 locations. And thank you very much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this special edition podcast.